Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hi, my name is Jonna, and I play football for Chelsea FC and for the Swedish national team. And you are listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that will never end. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, the creator, the man with a face for podcasting, Keith Lawrence, who has returned. Joining me this week is another happy Chelsea supporter. He's the man with the plan, the co-host with the most, the man who has his laptop back, the ticket guy with no away tickets. He's your friend and mine. It's Warren. Warren, welcome back to the show. Lovely intro, I thought. How are you? Well, I think we're all struggling for away tickets at the minute, to be fair. Um, <laughs> You're I'd telling like to get me. that one in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of demand for tickets at the minute. I suppose that sort of comes with the territory of being champions of Europe and, you know, probably, in my opinion, being... Favourites for the league title as well. Something we'll discuss shortly um, throughout our discussion of the uh, the review of the Brentford game. But yeah, pleased to be back. Unfortunately, obviously, um, one or two people that were going to be joining you on the show this week were unable to attend this week and, you know, prior engagements and stuff like that. So happy to fill in and do my bit as always, especially after a win, however it came. Um, <laughs> and especially after a depressing international break where... All of our players couldn't play yesterday because they was playing their their games for their countries, which I don't have any issue with. I mean, I think that club is put before country way too often, but I do question the merit of playing a, a pretty much full strength England side away to Andorra. I, I don't I don't see the benefit in it. I see the benefit more in the players doing like a, a, a team bonding exercise. I'd rather they went away for four days and went somewhere mildly warm and relaxed. As a team, though, as a team, you know, not like going out with their wags and like going out on the piss and all the rest of it. I'm not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting a holiday. A team, genuine team building um, exercise, you know, away for a couple of days. But to physically rest, you know, to mentally be preparing for the game and to stuff like that, but to physically rest. And I just think that in that situation, it means that, I mean, Silver obviously playing on the other side of the world is a bit of a random example. But, you know, Lukaku picking up an injury on 
um, international duty, Rudiger. Um, obviously, Kante stayed at home because of COVID and stuff. But yeah, I, d- I don't. Uh, Mason Mount didn't start yesterday, and Kai Havertz didn't start yesterday because they've had busy international um, periods. So. Um, the international break didn't work out very well for us, and I think that was reflected in the the starting lineup and the performance in a lot of ways yesterday. But we'll get on to that anyway. But yeah, you know, difficult international period, uh, lose lose situation against Andorra, poor performance against Hungary, um, and then obviously the, the crowd trouble that marred the night as well. So all in all, it hasn't been the best couple of weeks um, football wise, but positive result yesterday and that's what we're going to get on to now but yeah pleased to be back thank you for having me back hello everyone and um good to be back good to be talking to you all again well it's Excuse nice me. to have you back and it's also nice to be doing this podcast hey decent um cheers it's nice to be back because obviously there's been a bit of sort of issues on my part with the recordings there hasn't been sort of a, a latest recording for a while and for that I do apologize because we do have a bit of a following Warren who with all due respect and I'm absolutely delighted that they've got in touch with us that they've said where's the new recording yeah no nope. we have we've not we've not had a latest <laughs> episode so it's great to finally be doing it hopefully the recording will go well we are going to talk about though today the Brentford result from last night and then hopefully this week we've got a couple of surprises in store between now and Halloween so watch this space here on at the Blue Day podcast we are hoping to do a few more recordings between now and the end of the month so there'll be a few announcements within the next week or so so please listen out for those but let's start with the Brentford game now, you and I, we talk pretty much on a daily basis. And we both said to each other that we wouldn't talk constantly during Chelsea football match, which is fair enough. But we also respect each other's privacy in regards to not hounding each other when it comes with, to certain with three minute With three-minute voice messages that come through just as they're taking the knee at the start of the match, for example. <laughs> We were talking about the lineup, mm-hmm. and we spoke before the game about Mason Mount. Would he start? Would he be on the bench? I thought he would start because I thought Brentford was a bigger game than the ones coming up, the likes against Malmo and Norwich, for example. And you said you weren't sure. You was right in that assessment whereby he was on the bench. Let's start with the back three mm-hmm. in Christensen, who's at the base of it. Chalabar and Saar. Honestly, I was very sceptical on that. Chalabar's done well when he's when he's played and he looks a, looks a real talent. Saar, is, he has potential. He has played first-team football. He has got a little bit of experience in a first-team environment, whereby it was with, with Nice or with Porto last season. He played in the Champions League last season, so he has got some pedigree about him. But I saw him against Aston Villa in the League Cup, and he looked a rabbit in headlights. He looked really out of his comfort zone. He didn't play well. So I was a little bit sceptical with that. I thought Rhys James should have played when I looked at the lineup. I was surprised he didn't start. Now, whether again, whether or not it's fatigue, we don't know. Whether or not Tuchel trusts Chalabar and I think, Saar. I think, in a... I, think he chose, I think he chose Aspinacueta 
for for uh, from a defensive point of view. That's the reason I spent quite a started yesterday, not Reese James. That's the reason Ben Chilwell started, not Marcus Alonso. And that um, showed in the game yesterday with mm. their defensive qualities in Chilwell and Aspilicueta. We'll get on to Chilwell going forward in a minute, but the three in midfield surprised me again a little bit with the two up top. It didn't work against Man City, but the three in midfield of Loftus-Cheek, Kovacic and Kante looked a decent trio. Loftus-Cheek, I thought, would be going forward as a box-to-box. Kovacic would be the powerhouse and Kante would be the one sweeping up. And then Lukaku and Werner up top. So you know what you was going to get with those two. You liked the lineup. Do you yeah. just want to explain to the listeners why well, I was a bit astounded why you liked the lineup? But could you just explain your I likes I like I liked the lineup because Ruben's been playing well. Ruben was one of our better players yesterday, especially in the first half. So I was pleased that he was in there. Um I think we missed Jorginho dictating the pace and the play a little bit. So I probably would have brought him in for Kovacic in an ideal world. But Kovacic, nothing wrong with him having a good season. Um, bit surprised he was taking free kicks yesterday. A man who scored four goals in 14 years or whatever it is. Bit surprised he was trying to His bang in free kicks. His final pass wasn't there as well. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Um, but I liked the lineup. I thought, starting from... The back, Mendy was excellent again. Oh, Mendy's. We, we will talk about him as the main Mendy's, event. Yes, yeah, Mendy's, Mendy's been excellent. Mendy's been the standout performer um, in the goal, goalkeeping terms, probably in Europe at the start of this season and from the back end of last season as well, obviously. Yeah. So Mendy done a terrific job. I thought, considering... I, I don't think many teams are going to go to Brentford this year and keep a clean sheet. And I don't think there's any team in the Premier League that would have kept the clean sheet apart from Chelsea yesterday. And that was with Saar and Shalabar and Christiansen as well, who when you look at Rudiger and Silva, you kind of put Christiansen behind both of them too. So Christiansen led by example, and there was a few times he told them to calm down. And yeah, there was the odd mistake from Shalabar and Saar, but that was, you know, that was just a little bit of inexperience. And they're young. They was very confident on the ball. They very rarely misplaced the pass. They was very rarely caught out of position. And they took an absolute battering, especially in that second half and the resilience that they showed. And yeah, they relied on Mendy to make some good saves, but that's what you rely on your goalkeeper to do. And yeah, preferably you, your goalkeeper hasn't got to do nothing in a perfect world. But, you know, going away to Brentford on a Saturday night after the international break. I mean, if you if, if you look at some of the players, if you look at the players that didn't play yesterday, let's, let's ignore oh, whether they played. Let's ignore whether they didn't play because of fatigue or injuries or form or just preference or whatever, right? You've got Kepper, who has started to establish himself back as a potential goalkeeper for Chelsea again. He's had a terrific start to the season, saving penalties and playing well, etc. Um, Marcus Alonso, who's been one of the standout performers. Reese James, who's the future of the right-back, right-wing-back position at Chelsea and probably England as well. Um, Thiago Silva, don't need to say anything about him. Um, Antonio Rudiger, who's been one of our best defenders this season, obviously. Um, then you've got um, Jorginho, 
you've got Mount, you've got Havertz, you've got Ziyech, you've got Hudson Adoy, you've got Pulisic. I mean, that's that's nine or ten players almost in position to make up a whole brand new team. And I'm talking about a team of World Cup winners, Champions League winners, Premier League winners, multiple winners, people with experience. I'm talking about Thiago Silva, who's played five, six hundred games in the top leagues of European football for the last 15 years. So I'm not talking about people that, oh, he can come in and do a job. I'm talking about somebody who can lead you to winning the Premier League and lead, and lead you to winning Champions League. I'm talking about this standard of player. And we was missing nine or ten of them yesterday. So, no, it wasn't the best performance. But do you know what? Like, like I say, starting from the back, we'll move on to the performance in a minute, but starting from the back, they were so resilient and they battled for everything and they never gave up and they never lost sight of the football they were trying to play, even though it wasn't working and we couldn't get a hold of the ball. And yeah, there was times that we had to hoof the ball clear. Like that's just the way that it was. And we was never frightened to give away the throw. We trusted ourselves to, de- to defend the corner and the throw every single time. And I thought that that was really positive. And I think that that helped us through the game. Um, Lukaku didn't have his best game, having, having a bit of a tricky period. Yeah. I think he's got a bit, bit, bit of muscle fatigue. I think that showed. Werner looked that bright. Was, that was the reason that Belgium he gave. He didn't play, yeah. Gave him a bit of extra time, yeah. Fatigue. And to be yeah. fair, against Man City... You could see it. He, he didn't look right at all. Juventus, he didn't look right. So whether or not he's carrying an injury that we're... Werner looked Chelsea bright. Chelsea are protecting. Werner looked bright. Werner looked a, bright, a great, but... Fantastic run between him and I believe it might have been either the left wing back for Brentford or one of the centre backs. Yeah, the, when when Werner felt Werner felt he should have been fouled. Werner felt he was fouled, and he probably actually Fantastic wasn't. Fantastic determination yeah, yeah. from Werner, and that is what. But that's what does. we want to see him doing. Yes, that's, that's what, what he's he supposed to be doing. To. I mean, I know Lukaku was offside, but that was Lukaku's fault when we scored in the first half, and it was offside. That was Lukaku's fault. Werner did everything. Right, he did everything correct and he covered the ground. And I was surprised to see Lukaku come off in spite of his muscle fatigue and things like that. I was surprised to see him come off because of the defensive aspect that he had. Well, yeah, from a defensive aspect, it was a bit surprised surprising. about that. But, oh, his overall performance, I think he did need to come off. Yeah. Because I thought from a from from the forward line, we just needed a little bit of freshness. It, we we started. I can see him being rested. I can, I can. I can see him being rested midweek or next week. We'll talk about the, like the preview to Malmo and Norwich quite soon. But Lukaku, I think, with the games coming up, I think this is the perfect time. To there's goals. Him. Well, but the thing is, there's this goals the in the next few games. Him. Yes. But that's the thing. I want him to play because I want him to get the goals. What would be ideal, right? I mean, if we were talking about playing FIFA, would be that he got a couple of goals against Malmo and got taken off after an hour, having not really had an amazing amount to do. And then the same against Norwich, you know, get an early goal, hmm. someone else chips in with a couple and then take him off after an hour, 70 minutes. And so that he would have had the rest in the international break and then got taken off three consecutive games across a week in, in in a busy period as well I mean we've got something like seven games in the next three weeks or whatever it is mm. across three different competitions and then we've got the World Club Cup and you know Christmas coming and everything and that'll be here sooner than you know it so it's important to get him a little bit of rest now I kind of feel like that's what he's done with Mount he doesn't want to be giving Mount 70 minute rest here and there in March and April. So he's doing it in October and November so that he can have a stronger second half to the season. But what I will say about that result yesterday is 
irregardless of the performance of Brentford were like I said, Brentford are gonna cause so many teams so many problems. I think that, Oh absolutely. Yes. I absolutely. think that they may run out of steam a little bit in the second half. I think teams will start figuring it out a little bit more. It might be a bit of a Leeds story or a bit of a Sheffield United type story. Could be yeah. They'll need a decent amount of investment to stay up next season if they were to stay up. But mm. all that being said, excellent yesterday. Had a game plan and executed it brilliantly. Hit the post twice. Like I said, Mendy was like man in a match. Loftus-Cheek in the first half for me. Mendy in the second half for me. Um, all the defenders in front of him throwing themselves at everything. But Liverpool have gone to Brentford and Brentford have played really well and got a point out of them. We've gone there and won. Southampton have gone to Man City and played really well and got a point out of them. Southampton have welcomed Manchester United, played really well and got a point out of them. We've beaten Southampton. Aston Villa have gone to Man United and played really well and beaten them. Aston Villa have gone to Stamford Bridge and played really well and lost 3-0. This is title-winning form because we're playing badly. (laughs) This is title-winning form because when we start hitting a bit of a roll and we win five or six games in a row, 2-3-0 and all the rest of it, let's not forget we're still not conceding goals. You know, and Ben Chilwell, excellent goal yesterday. I did tell you oh, a defender was going to score. I did tell you a defender was going to score. Good I called Christiansen. I agree that I got the defender wrong, but I did say a defender was going to score. Yeah, um, I, I thought the the referee had a decent game. Shalaba yeah. was lucky not to give a penalty away. I actually think that they gave the offside based on him being offside on the player in the middle. I have looked mm. it back very closely. I think Chilwell may have been playing him on side and Shalaba made that content now VAR decided just to say oh yeah that's offside because they didn't want to overrule the decision they didn't want to do this they didn't want to do that I saw Chilwell playing him on side yeah moment of luck moment of luck but But it's those moments of luck that when you look back at the end of the season and you say they picked up three points in that game when they were poor or Brentford were brilliant and they got a bit of a lucky decision they're they're the moments you talk about when you're talking about the champions before we do touch on championship winning sides and potentially champ- championship winning goalkeepers, mm. I do want to make a special mention to Mr. Taylor. He was berated by myself and others after the Liverpool result. Unfairly, he unfairly. was criticised. And I ain't sticking up. Mass- for, I ain't sticking up for him because I'm not, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not a referee fan. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I think they make, but I, I don't think they're necessarily football people. I, I think a lot of them are the incorrect people to choose, Keith. But the decision that he made was in the Liverpool game against Chelsea with the Reece James handball was 100% correct. To the point that several people, including yourself, have received the official vocap guidelines from the FA screenshotted from myself. Because what's right is right. Unfortunately, as much as I'd like it to be, sometimes two and two is always four. As much as I'd like it to be five occasionally, because it'd suit me, two and two is four. And he, he did make the correct... So he was... Sorry to interrupt you there, Keith. No, let your, me uh, stick... It, but... It was so unjust. It was so unjust. There was petitions for this man not to referee a Chelsea match again. He was like, he made the fucking right call. <laughs> Even when he checked it. I thought he did okay yesterday. So fair mm. play to that. There was no referee controversy on our part yesterday. Well, only in our favour. <laughs> Swings in roundabouts. Yeah, yeah, agreed. agreed. No, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I think there is a certain element to football that has been completely lost, which is 
that's kind of what makes it football, which was always the fear with VAR as well. So, like, yeah. Let's talk about the man of the moment, the man that... It's quite an incredible stat, apparently, Warren. Seven years ago, this guy was unemployed, mm. didn't have no future in football, was trying to get any... Had just, been, had just been released by, like, just a semi-pro football team or something. Like, yeah. Just been released. <coughs> Roll on seven years. He's a European champion. Professional footballers, including Mr. Rudiger and others, are saying that he should be considered for the Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. Which I think is well. He's he's he's, I think he's pretty. He's a shoe in. He he's a shoe in for the goalkeeper's position, isn't he? He's surely the best goalkeeper in the Premier League, probably in Europe. What a player is Edouard Mendy? A question that I had that I did bring up to you. You didn't answer it, so I'm glad you've. I'm glad I've brought it up because I want you to answer it on the show. Who is a better goalkeeper? Not now, but in overall their prime. So th- their overall qualities. Mendy or Courtois? Courtois. Why? He's done it for longer. He's more experienced. I think he's performed at if you look at the last three years, Courtois' level has been consistently higher. I think Mendy's playing in a very settled side, a very experienced side that's had a lot of money spent on it. All these things that Real Madrid kind of haven't. Um, in the last five years that Courtois' been at Real Madrid, however long it is, is it about four or five, four years, four, three, four years? In the time that he's been there, they've lost Ramos and Ramos and Pepe and Marcelo's got old and Danny Carvajal's got old and moved on and blah, blah, blah. Um, Cortar has done it in different leagues. At the moment, Mendy's the best goalkeeper. Mendy's the better of the two at the moment. And I would rather have Mendy because I think Mendy is better suited to the Premier League. And I also... He hasn't shown that he's a snaky cunt like Quartar either. Um, and his nose isn't as big. He's better to look at, Mendy. Um, but, yeah, I think Quartar, I'd give Quartar the edge at the minute. Um, but in the same way that I would, but by the same principle, I would give the edge to Donnarumma and Oblak and... He's he's far too prone to a mistake now, but to a large point, De Gea, Kasper um, Schmeichel, excellent, excellent goalkeeper. Obviously, Addison and Edison. I think Mendy's a better goalkeeper. They're better distributors. They're better. They're more important to their teams the way that they play and build from the back. I think Mendy's a better goalkeeper than both of them out and out. But you can't look beyond what Addison and Edison bring to their teams. I mean, even in the the City Liverpool game, the two or Anfield the other week before the international break, there was three or four incidences from each goalkeeper in that match where they were pinging balls that we raved about John Terry making, saying he's a he's a fucking centre back and he's doing that with his left and right foot. Now the goalkeeper's doing it now, like so. I Quartar, think, 
Cortar's distribution, Cortar's distribution is both. I is is I would say the biggest drawback with both of them. I think that's the one thing. That's the one skill set that modern goalkeepers have that they don't just not. They're not. It's not that they're just not the best at it. It's just that they actually lack that as a genuine skill. I think people like Kasper Schmeichel just they're they're much better distributors of the ball. Um, obviously, Edison, Addison. You know, like, but we look back at Van der Sar. He was the person. He was like the first goalkeeper who was genu- genuinely just like as good with his feet as he was with his hands. So I, I think they missed that a little bit. But I think Courtois the better goalkeeper. Yeah, but I'd rather have Mendy. The reason why I asked that question is because I looked at championship winning sides that we've had in the past and the goalkeepers. Now Czech is in a league of his own. Yeah, there's there's no there's no reason to compare him to other goalkeepers. He was one of the, best. the all-time greats. But I was looking at it last night with Mendy's saves and his presence. His distribution is not perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that can be safely said. But... doesn't mind putting his foot through the ball every now and then, though. He doesn't mind putting his foot through the ball and he does like... Go. He, he's more than happy with the ball coming back to him and him just lumping yeah. it forward with an oncoming yeah. striker. Some goalkeepers would actually change their minds halfway through. Mendy, not <laughs> at all. I think Mendy has the potential to be world-class in that element whereby he could be at Chelsea for so long and keep so many clean sheets. He has that mm. in him. Now, see, with the defence would play a part in that as well but my god what a signing he has been well this is the thing he does he does regularly have five defenders and two defensive midfielders in front of him I feel that he's achieving what he should achieve I think yesterday was a standout performance yesterday was above and beyond what you expect from a goalkeeper that was a standout performance but with five defenders and two defensive midfielders in front of you regularly I think that he should keep as many clean sheets as he does but yesterday is the standout moments they're the moments that make the difference it's like Lukaku should score most games it's when he, it's when he bangs in two at Old Trafford to win us the game that makes the difference it's, you know he's got to be consistent and then have the big moments um, and that's what Mendy's producing at the minute It'll be interesting to see this season how Mendy gets on and how many clean sheets he has. And you look at, you know, you did make a good point about he's playing five defenders in front of him. I do love the tactics and the formation. It suits us brilliantly. I think it's actually helped Aspilicueta in a way in prolonging his career to the point where he's playing every week yet again. Mm-hmm. You know, he's up, he's 32 years old. He's been at the club for so long. Some Managers would see that as, oh, he needs to be in the background. He needs to be on the bench. No, not at all. This guy, he's still got the pace and he's got that experience. If you noticed when he was defending the corners, he was on Ivan Tony, mm-hmm. and he would be the one that... Even though Ivan Tony had three or four inches on him, they gave yes. the job to mark him to Dave. <laughs> yes, but with Aspilicueta's experience and his little bit of dark hearts... Trickery. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he knows the ins and outs of the game. That's for sure. That is absolutely vital for a defence whereby we did have yeah. Chalabar and Saar, who are young pups in terms of defenders. So 
yesterday we got the goal. Ben Chilwell scored a fabulous goal. Really, really yeah. taken really well. And then the second half, it was Alamo. Regards to Brentford, constant attack, attack, attack. It reminded me a little bit years ago under Mourinho when we would be 1-0 up with like mm. 10 minutes to go and then the other team would be constantly at us. And the resilience of Terry, Cavalio, Makaleli, Ferreira, <coughs> for example, yeah, just in the way of everything. It reminded me a little bit of that. Winning, championship, playing, yes. championship winning players in a championship winning team with a championship winning manager, all with a championship winning mentality. Everything that was on display yesterday, everything that was on display away to Liverpool, um, everything for different reasons that was on display away to Tottenham, away to Arsenal, at home to Aston Villa, at home to Crystal Palace. Every single match this season has had some form of evidence to suggest that we will be genuine title challengers. You know, like I just said, everything that I just pointed out there about the bad performance and the rear guard action and the this and the that and the and the fatigue and the international break and everything and winning those games. But everything that you've just said there about, you know, that re- like it, it, it's, it's exactly the same. And it's just, it's just that winning mentality. Do you know what it is? We won that game yesterday and the same players and the same manager and the same everything would not have won that game if they was playing for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Because we have a winning championship winning mentality as a club. And that's what we do, right? I've always said it to you, Keith. That's what we do. We will find, even in the most devastating adversity, we will find a way to find a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? Come out, not just smiling, but the amount of times that we've gone through the deepest, darkest fucking tunnel and come out the other end of it laughing at Tottenham every time, every time. Literally every time. We can't even win the Champions League without screwing them over. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's just what we do. And I just, I I don't see us not winning the league this year. I mean, the the further it goes, obviously, you naturally get more nervous. You get more apprehensive and you think we could lose that. Of course, that's going to be natural. There's going to be times I'm going to think, oh, no, we've got to throw it away. We're going to blow it and they're going to do this and blah, 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 the rest of it. But I just, you know, I said it from before the start of the season. I said it at the start of last season. That if we had a centre forward, I would not only think that we could not compete. Uh, I said at the start of the season, at the moment, I'd like to see us compete and be in it towards the end of the season and all the rest of it. With a centre forward, I think that we'd have an amazing chance. Um, I said it at the start of the season. If we sign Lukaku, we will win the league. We've signed Lukaku. And Lukaku's not even playing that well. Yeah. But we're top of the league. We're top of the league. On a side note, United lost. Grayer. Well, I don't really blame him. Tuchel's beard's getting more grey. It wasn't I like don't... that when he first joined the club, was it? I don't. I don't. I... Maybe he just doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't have time to dye it anymore. Maybe uh, yeah. not. Maybe, maybe not. He, he's maybe a very. Not. He's a very. He's a very intense character. So I think that he puts. I think this is the reason that Tuchel goes down so well. If you, if you look at somebody who's considered to be like a top, top manager, someone like, you know, Rafa Benitez, right? He's always done well wherever he's gone, whether it be Liverpool, Chelsea, Everton, Newcastle. He's he's kind of always got the best out of the club that he's got there. But he's not necessarily like this vibrant, like entertaining character, like a Klopp or a Guardiola or a Mourinho or a Ferguson or whatever. He's kind of like, 
the other way about it. But I think that's why Chelsea fans get on with Tuchel so much because it's kind of similar in a lot of ways to like Conte on the sidelines, you know, showing his passion and shouting. He's saying it's not going right. Hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get in there. I told you to do that. And I think the fans buy into that a lot. 93rd minute last night, mm. we cleared the umpteenth throwing. And he was on the sideline. He was on the <sighs> sidelines barking, a, barking mm-hmm. at him to push up the field because yeah. we, he realised we were playing far too deep, too deep. and we yeah. just needed to lower the tempo a little bit, work it in our favour, control the game, game mm-hmm. management. My God, he's barking all the 94th minute. Yeah, and he's non-stop. What you, that's what you want. I, but and, I think that it help. I think that it helps so much because. Chelsea fans really buy into that. I mean, certain clubs, if you look at Man United, they've always been about they've always been about their number sevens, whether it be Ronaldo or Beckham or Robson or Best or, you know, whoever. It's always been a Cantona. It's always been about their number sevens. Like, you know, they're they're Ryan Giggs type players and all the rest of it. Chelsea have been renowned throughout history of having like these big, powerful centre forwards. And we've also been known as having like the passionate managers on the sidelines and it's just that it's it's that history and that heritage that Chelsea fans buy into they buy they 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 feel connected to the manager especially all the boys down in the east lower in behind the dugouts and everything they feel that passion they feel that emotion and they feel that desperate want to win and that passion to win and I think that feeds off into the crowd and I think Tuchel knows that and I think Tuchel plays on that very well I think he's a very smart man and he you know obviously he's doing a he's doing a great job can't it can't be argued with and yeah, I just think that I think he resonates with the fans a lot. And I think he's done very well in you've got to remember that not only is he taking the job as Chelsea manager, which is like the most poisoned chalice in the world <laughs> of football, but he's taken over from Frank Lampard. Yeah. I mean, Mourinho didn't go to Man United in 2013 for one reason and one reason only. He did not want to take over from Ferguson. That he did not want to take over from Ferguson. Nobody, nobody wanted to go to Arsenal because they were no shit. But nobody wanted to go to Arsenal after Wenger because they didn't want to follow Wenger. Throughout history, if you've had a great manager, somebody who like goes down in history, doesn't matter who it is. If you look at Brendan Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool didn't work for him at Liverpool. Did he take over from Hodgson? I believe he did, yes. So it's the one before that I'm thinking of. Hodgson took over from Kenny Dalglish, even though he was only in temporary charge. And it all just went wrong. Kenny Dalglish at Blackburn made himself a legend, left and they got relegated five times. <laughs> you know, it's it just nobody wants to follow one of their managers. And two shall to follow Lampard. Okay, Lampard didn't Lampard wasn't great because of his success as a manager. He was great because of his success as a player and his love for the club and how attached we feel to him. But to follow Lampard, it, 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 he had big shoes to fill. He had really big shoes to fill. Got to respect him a lot for that. I think he's taken a lot of it in his stride. He's very honest. Um, he's very good in press conferences. He's very articulate. Always feel like I know what he's going on about. And it's the same <laughs> now. When you talk about two, Thomas Tuchel like that, when the time comes and he is to leave... It's going to be hard to replace him, mm. bearing in mind he took the job mid-season, wins us the Champions League. We're top of the league now in his first full season. And as you say, who knows? We could win one, 
two, maybe even three. Who knows? You look at the squad. I think I want three trophies this year, to be honest with you. In World well, Club Cup, World Club Cup, Premier League. Well, we don't know when that's going to be. And one of the other cups. And one of the other cups. We can win it, it anyway. It's just what we do. Ten years for all we know, but the way things are going. but That would be nice. I don't think that's on the quarantine list. We can go. Yeah, I know, but with tickets, it'll end up being on the bloody loyalty points thing, you know? So, in regards to the week coming up, let's not talk about tickets because otherwise I'll have a rant. In regards to the uh, games coming up, we've got Malmo in Europe in the Champions League at home, and we've got Norwich on Saturday, half 12 kickoff. Two games that on paper, I hate using that term, on paper, we would win. Football games aren't won on paper. But should, we say, should we say on screen now? Rather than on paper. Modern world. On screen. Malmo, they are going to be tough. Quite they're going to be solid. They're going to work they hard. They're going to be organised. So... These fans and these players, I mean, I know that like you know, they, they win their Swedish league and Juventus as well in the group and stuff like that. And even Zenit St. Petersburg, quite a, an established Champions League European club yeah. and stuff or whatever else like that. But Malmo going to the Allianz in Juventus, I believe it's called the Allianz, their new stadium, and then going to Stamford Bridge. These players have been at Malmo, some of them, four, five, six years and all the rest of it. And they've never, this is, this is their cup final. They are going to be so up for it. This is what people don't realise about the Champions League, Keith. This is why the Champions League so hard. Because if you beat someone 5-0 in the Champions League, fuck me, you've played well. Like it's not it's not like the Premier League. Yeah, you have to play well to win five 0 in the Premier League. Of course you do. I'm not trying to like take anything away, but the Champions League is a different animal because the, if you're either playing a top European team that have got dangerous players that can hurt you, or you're playing a team that's so fucking up for it, they've got nothing to lose and they're a danger. They're almost like a wounded animal getting in the ring to start with. They're gonna they're gonna throw caution to the wind, and sometimes they do that by being completely the opposite of throwing caution to the wind by being really defensive and throwing caution to defensive wins, so to speak. But they'll be tough yes, to break down. I think it'll be game. interesting. It'll be interesting what Norwich will destroy. Does. Nor- Norwich, I'm disappointed if we don't score several goals. Let's, yeah, we'll talk about Norwich momentarily. We'll back to Malmo. I think with Tuchel, I think he will rest players. I'm mm. thinking... Not he. He isn't going to do seven or eight changes. I think he might. I think there'll be rotation. I think there'll be five to four. I think there'll be change. I think there'll be. I think there'll be freshen up changes. I don't think he's going to. I don't think there's any. Yeah. There's no form. Yeah. There's no. There's no. There's no form changes. I don't think. No. I do expect to win. Still, we have to win because obviously the performance and the result against Juventus was shit. We have to beat Malmo. It's a must-win game. And then Absolutely. we move on to Norwich on Saturday. Well, just one little side note before we do mention the game itself. Norwich played yesterday against Brighton, finished 0-0. Yeah. Gilmore was not playing at all. No, I assume, I assume that and after his international exploits, he was well, being again, well, again, whether or not it's fatigue or whatnot, he's not going to be playing on Saturday. Um, Norwich are in a poor state at the moment. They have, can't buy a win for love nor money. Hopefully that's still the case Saturday at half 12. But as, 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 as we said at the top of the show, Warren, it's two games we should 
look comfortable in. And then obviously afterwards, we've got Southampton in the cup and then Newcastle on the mm. end of the month on Halloween. But these, these two games are massive for different reasons. Three points is a must for both. I am going to both games, thankfully, because they are at home. They're not away. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be good to see what Tuchel does with with the squad, whether he does rotate it a lot. I would like to see Chalibur keep his place. I would like to see Loftus-Cheek keep his place as well. And the good thing see, is... When you, when you say about Chalibur keeping his place, who does he keep his place instead of? Silva, Rudiger or Christiansen? Well, I think Christensen deserves the right to keep his place. I've with Silva being the age that he is, I think the likes games like Malmo is an opportunity to rest him. It's it is an opportunity to rest Silva, and it's an opportunity to give Chalabar Champions League experience that he needs. And even Thomas Tuchel said after the game against Brentford. He doesn't see it as a disadvantage to play young guys, especially in defence, because he, they need the experience. How yeah, else, you, how else are you going to get it experience? Yeah, it's, it's the only way they're going to get better. That's the only way they're going to do it. And I'm not being funny. We've, we've seen it as Chelsea fans. John Terry got the experience he, he needed by playing under Desai and Frank LeBeuf when people were asking, why is LeBeuf on the bench? Why is Desai yeah. on the bench? Years later, Terry's become one of the Chelsea's great. I was going to say, do you know, do you know, do you know two, do you know two of the people that were not asking that question? Two of the people that were not asking why is Frank Leboeuf and Marcel Desailly not in the team ahead of this young guy that nobody knows about? Do you know the two people that were not asking that question? They were Frank Leboeuf and Marcel Desailly because they were the ones that went to the manager and said, "Look, we know you rate him. We know you want to put him in the team. Do it." Do it because the boys different class, and I and I suspect this season and even next season, people like Chalabar will get more opportunities if he carries on the way. I'm very excited about Saar. Saar, I thought Saar, I thought was outstanding yesterday. Do you know what he looked? Do you know? Do you know what he looked like yesterday? He looked like a young Spanish centre back. That's what he looked like. He looked so good. He looked so good. And yeah, there was a few little moments. It was less than perfect, of course. But he was really... Saar yesterday was the biggest. And yeah, Mendy, man in the match. Loftus-Cheek was great. Great goal from Chilwell. Um, really solid team performance. Really great. We've been through all of that. But Saar yesterday, I think that he's almost put himself alongside Chalabar in the pecking order. I would like to finish on this point. Norwich is, for me, a huge game, albeit they're bottom of the league. The reason why, you look at the fixtures coming up for other teams. Liverpool have got to play Man United next week. Yes, yes. So we know two of them are not going to get maximum points. If we carry on with the trajectory that we're looking at, whereby we're playing some... Could do, United, could, could do with United getting some points next week. <laughs> um, but it is lovely to see Man United fuck up, though. But um, yeah, yesterday, I, they literally, their fans had not jumping up and down and Vardy put one in. That was fucking beautiful, that was. <laughs> let's not turn it to Man United. But I would like to say, I'm, it's great to see Ollie struggling. And I just hope he stays in the job 
I'd rather see yeah, I'd rather see Jurgen and Pep struggling to be honest with you. But well, they have their. I, I think I think there's problems that lie ahead for Guardiola. We're gonna win the league anyway. There's so no problems matter. with Chelsea, and there's no problems with the Blue Day podcast either. Much to people's asking questions, why on earth have we not done any recordings? I've I've already explained my reasons on our Instagram and Facebook page. So if you want to find out the reason, feel free to have a look. But we are still here. We are still alive. And we are going to be busy for the month of October and November. Because this month we're looking to do two player interviews. Not one, but two player interviews. And we're going to have some great fun on the show coming up. To build up to Christmas as well. You know, We are looking to maybe do a few things for our supporters on the Blue Day podcast for Christmas as well. We've got a number of guests potentially lined up. We're hoping to get them confirmed ASAP. And I'm hoping as well we're going to do some more videos at Stamford Bridge with the liquidator. Although YouTube did try to ban one of my videos, which I was not happy about. But anyway, it's going to be good for the month of October for the Blue Day podcast and for November. And yeah, Blue Day podcast is here to stay. Don't, don't you worry about that. Happy days, can't wait. Happy days. If you want to find us on Instagram, find us on the Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Blue Day Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Blue Day Podcast, where we are still on Twitter. We do still tweet at times. Sometimes. Um, and if you want to send your views, and if you want to send your opinions to us, send your Comments to the Blue Day Podcast at gmail.com. You will get a response within 24 hours, I can assure you. And all I've got left to say is, Warren, is it's great to be top of the league. Let's enjoy it for another week and let's kick on for the rest of this month. Champions of Europe. We know what we are. I've been Keith Lawrence. He's been Warren. Stay safe, folks, and carefree. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.